Welcome to episode 39 of 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music. Welcome to 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music with Clarissa Custom Music's very own Kerry Lacey. Hi everybody, welcome back to episode 39 of 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music. We continue our broadcast from the KCM TV Facebook Live event, which happened in December of 2019. And of course, this is part three of how to build the music department of your dreams. Hi, everybody. It's Kerry Lacey here, and welcome to episode three of series one of KCM TV. So I want to welcome you back. I hope that you got the uh, notification that... Um, it was coming on because I did do a little post about 30 minutes ago to say we were coming up. And this is part three of how to build the music department of your dreams. So two weeks ago, this particular block of sessions started and we talked about, or I talked about, looking at your personality and your strengths and how your personality and your strengths can actually build the music department of your dreams. Last week, on the episode two, we talked about the culture of your department, developing a culture within your ensemble streams, within your classroom. This week, we're gonna talk about the middle child. So if you wanna grow your music department, whether it be in your classroom or your ensembles, you have to focus on a couple of different things. In your classroom, it's about the middle child. Not the child that's always going to do music, not the child that won't do music after year eight, but the child that enjoys doing things. I've not met, I've only met a handful of students, probably in all my years of teaching, five or six, that actually did not want to learn a musical instrument or did not want to try a musical instrument. It's very few out there. A lot of kids actually want to try. The thing is that they maybe don't like the rules or perhaps they don't like the way the content is being delivered. If you're the sort of person that stands at the front and you have a lecturing type classroom where it's all about the teacher, then that might not engage the students. Every child has a different way of learning. We've been learning this for years. And of course, each of those learning styles require a different approach. On top of that, you have a whole range of personalities, such as the one that you have or many other different personalities. There's nine in total, as you've learned. So there's all those personalities in your classroom. And on top of that, you have all of those students in there with these strengths. And sitting and listening to you talk might not be one of them. So it has to come down to the content delivery. And that has to come from your personality. Now, there is plenty of educational um, resources. There's plenty of educational discussions and papers and all sorts of things you can talk about or you can research with regard to content delivery. And over the last eight years, I think I've tried most of them, to be honest. If any of you have used any of my resources from Clarissa Custom Music, you'll know that a lot of the resources are very engaging for the students because it's very much a play and learn strategy. The students play and they investigate they learn the content from that, as opposed to teacher talk out the front. 
Some of it's group work, for example, the Harry Potter project or the Avatar project, both of those are designed for the students to be in, in charge of their own learning. They're old school student-centered learning projects. So the teams are divided or the class is divided into teams. In the case of Harry Potter, they're divided into the four houses and throughout the unit of work, they have a bunch of uh, things that they have to play and things they have to investigate. There's quests to go on, there's a Quidditch match. There's all that sort of gamification and various things that go on. Of course, all of it is uh, old school in the sense that that resource was written. Gosh, I wrote that back in 2004, maybe. I think. It was when the first Harry Potter film came out. I came up with the Harry Potter project idea and I thought this would be really cool. And I remember I was head teacher over at a particular school, I shall not say, um, but it was a school that had a good music department. It wasn't thriving, but it was a good music department. But it had a lot of kids that weren't really that engaged in written work. And I watched three, I had three year seven classes and they all did the Harry Potter project. And I watched these classes that were not terribly engaged get right into the project. And it went for eight weeks or something, which is really long for a project uh, for a group of students to sit in that, you know, environment where you're coming into the class and you are in the same house for eight weeks. Each of the students in that group had different jobs to have to do. Uh, they were in charge of different things, so there was a sense of responsibility. And we didn't have technology back then, so the research and things from what I gave them, so I had to give them a lot of the content to research from. Um, but I didn't stand out the front. I just was, I was a Dumbledore, and so I was in charge of ensuring that they followed the tasks for the day. So it was a very, very old school flipped learning style without having the flip, I guess, you know, but it's very student-centred. It's a great project. Um, so anyone who's got it, I know that you've probably tried it and hopefully have had great success with it. Anyway, back to content delivery. So that was one of the things that was one of the big things about um, my teaching style, I guess, is very much play and learn. So when I took time out to uh, create the education arm of this business and I went back into schools I was faced with a whole range of technology. Um, I was very familiar before I went into uh, the school I'm currently in with Google Apps for Education. I've been dealing with it for a few years with schools in the US and the UK and when I got into the school I was current, I'm currently in that was not an option. So I went in with a whole range of really cool ideas of which I could not execute. Uh, into structures that were very defined, uh, into very old school teaching where they had a book, like a booklet that they worked from. Um, the class books were kept in the room. Uh, it was all very, very teacher orientated. There was very little group work, very little collaboration, in fact, like no collaboration. And I remember the first time I gave my year 11 class um, it was a music one team and I said to them here's you know here's a tonality here's some pieces of of um, stimulus create me something they literally stood there and didn't know what to do they couldn't create a piece of music from the pieces that I had given them because they didn't know 
how to do it. Once I explained what I wanted them to do, they went gangbusters, but they couldn't actually, they, they had no, con, no, no skill set to actually do that themselves. I was blown away, absolutely blown away. And I'd come from an integrated teaching style, so this was very foreign to me. So obviously, eight years is a long time. And over the last eight years, I have tried everything. Flipped learning, we've tried, uh, we've introduced Google Classroom, we've used, introduced the Google Apps for Education, We've done Google Sites, we've tried, you name it, we've tried it. Uh, we've done, I've done the full flip. Um, I've done the, you know, student-centred project-based learning, all sorts of things. And quite frankly, I don't want to say to you that, you know, introducing technology and creating some sort of a flipped environment is, is a piece of cake, easy as, just do this, this and this and you're done. It actually isn't. You've really got to try a bunch of things you know pick one class and say this is the target class and we're going to try it with these guys and see what they think so to have a bit of a chat about some of the possibilities for your middle child as in the year eight student that year eight student that you want to focus on because they're the ones that are going to pick your subject in year nine and ten um, it comes from the content in the classroom comes from you know the engagement of the resources and the topics that you plan to do. For example, it's not just the delivery, but it's the topic itself. Like with the delivery, there's all sorts of things you could do. You could do what's called the in-flip. So they flip in the class. So you say to them, today, these are the things you have to go and do, and on some form of technological plane, preferably a website, um, because every child can access it. You don't have to worry about which device they've got to access it. That's where they'll find the content. Moodle is a very popular delivery of this type of style. So go to your Moodle site and I want you to complete activities one, two, three, and I'm just gonna wander around and help you if you need it. Now that can create complete chaos because everybody wants your help. So there's a really cool system, um, I can't remember the young lady's name, but I saw it on a video a couple of years back and she had the cup system. So she divided her class into groups and she had three tasks for the day and they had cups on their, their tables. So they had red, green, and yellow. So the green cup was, if they had the green cup out on their table, it was, you don't need to come near us, we're all cool, we're all over it. If they had the yellow cup at the table, it meant that they needed a bit of help, but they're okay to sit for a minute. And if they had the red cup, then they needed you straight away. So the kids would, at the tables, would work out like they were working collaboratively in groups and so as they were doing the work together working on the group environment they would turn the cup out if they needed your help or not um, and that was quite effective for her to be able to get around to the classes it was a good system so there's the inflip there's the full flip where the videos are being given outside again to a site a website preferably so that you can um, or a bunch of links you give the kids to follow um, we use google sites and all of this, the site operates, uh, has all their content on it. So it's a much better way of going, I think, having a website that is a central location, particularly for year seven and eight. Um, the the out flip or the full flip where the kids are listening to things outside of class, that's a little bit tricky because if you say to them, watch the video before you come to next lesson and they forget, then you go, okay, well, where do they go now? Do they now have to watch the video? And then what's the point of them doing that in the first place? I have never found much success with the full flip 
to be honest. Um, we use a blended approach. So the students will do content in class and there'll be, as I said, a website where they all go to find the uh, information and the events will be in order. And then there'll be set homework and the homework is like the outflip, I guess. So the homework might have activities to practice or it might have, so it might have all activities to practice or it could have um, a video to watch, answer some questions. It could be a submission of a Google form, but it will be a technology-based item so that when they're in class, they're practicing the use of the technology. And then when they're out of class, they're revisiting the technology. So uh, it helps us solve some of those what the students call inaccessible issues because our parents are all notified. We're very a very strong connection with parents. And so they're all notified that this is what's going on and the kids have got to be able to access those sites. And, you know, the excuse of I can't access the internet is just unacceptable. So there's a no tolerance on that. Um, there's other places. There's something called the Style app. It's an app on iPads. And your school can actually purchase the Style app. Um, and that's... Uh, you can set up whole courses, like you can set up a whole flipped unit in there, just like you can with Moodle. Um, mind you, if your school has Moodle, then I don't know why you'd use the Style app, except for the fact that maybe the interface is a bit cooler. Um, but Moodle has got that grid interface, which is pretty cool. Kids quite like the grid interface, so if you can get that on your Moodle, that freshens it up, gives it a fresher look, um, which is good. Uh, there's also, obviously, online sites like your Google Classroom. Um, and your Google Sites, along with your Google Apps for Education, which tie in quite nicely if you're using all of that. Um, the Google Sites, the new Google Sites are pretty cool. Um, they're pretty fresh looking, which is nice, and they look very similar to a lot of the online sites. You could, of course, go to Wix or one of those others and, and pay for a site and create a site. The only problem with Google Sites is that you can't password protect. I do believe it's a function that is coming, um, but you can't password protect anything. So um you know that's it's for you to look at as to whether you think that's an option for your uh, group or not or for your class um there's also as far as content delivery there's another place called blend space so tess educational resources some of you may know tess to es um they do have they've taken over blend space and blend space does have a free um interface where you could create like uh, like your Moodle or like your um, Google Sites or what have you. And that's actually quite good because kids have to log in. So that's a little bit better. I haven't used Blend Space yet, but I'm looking at that one um, over the next couple of weeks. And that one's got options to grade testing and things like that. And they do have an upgrade, but the upgrade is more about collaboration between students. So if you're not interested in that function, then you really can get quite can get by quite by the um, easily by the free version of it, which is cool. Um, so back to content delivery. There's a couple of other things you can do. There's something called Flip Mastery. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it, but John Bergman uh, is a, a, a was he? He's an expert in the flipped mastery, and that is basically a content delivery. So it's it's a flipped in flip content content delivery and what happens is the major concepts just forgive me for reading this but the major concepts are direct instruction so there's 
a component where it's, it, the information is given to them, like the instructions are fairly direct. They have to go and practice the skill set, whatever it is. In our case, um, it could be playing piano, like a specific process of playing piano, like for example, being able to play right-handed, one melody right-handed. That could be the, the skill set that you're learning. Okay, so the direct instruction is go and play this in the right hand. The um, practice happens and once the students feel that they're ready, they, um, they get what's called, they go deeper into the contents so they apply it. So for example, you might give them some drills or something and then you might say to them, okay, you're moving on to this piece of music, now you have to be able to play that piece of music in your right hand. Um, and then of course they, you get assessed. So you'll look at it and you'll say, yes, you can do it or no, that's not working, probably you need a few more minutes on that. Now we do that naturally in our subject, um, but he's developed a whole line of courses and things uh, and he uses it with um, everything from uh, skill set, because he's a science teacher, so skill set in science through to written work and so forth. Um, it's an interesting concept. I think it's what we do naturally in our subject. So there could be some potential there if you're looking at Sort of a flipped mastery type setup, uh, which would be good. That's John Bergman. Uh, he has weekly benchmarks and he has um, summative assessments, and the kids have got to get over seventy-five percent and things like that. So he's got a bunch of that sort of stuff, which might be of interest. Um, I did find another site called Shed the Music. Uh, that's got um, classes on it that seem to be free, from what I've seen in my investigation. And again, it's like a site where you could you could create these sites yourself. Now the biggest problem of course is that statement, you could create them yourself. And that's the problem with creative content delivery. This stuff takes a lot of time, you know, and planning. For example, I'm sitting down and trying to plan for that year seven cohort I was telling you about. You know, the one where we've got them for one lesson a week. And um, this is the reality of it. You know, we have them for one lesson a week. There's 14 lessons between the first day of term and the final day of their assessment period for that particular cohort. And in those 14 weeks, if a class is on a Friday, then the best they will have is 10 lessons because there are four Fridays that are affected, potentially four Fridays that are affected. So potentially, they could be only, that class could only have 10 lessons. The Monday classes are always affected by things, you know, school photos, um, evacuations. Um, what else do they get affected by? Athletics carnivals, swimming carnivals. Uh, they get affected by um, excursions and particular guests in, you know. So I've sat down and I've looked at that cohort that only have that one lesson a week and in 13 14 weeks we have to try and teach two topics now realistically unless we do it a very creative way they're not going to learn a great deal in that many weeks it's not a lot of weeks to try and teach them things so we've had to break down the materials of what we want them to learn we've had to take a whole bunch of stuff out because they're just not going to get it done it's not going to happen we've had to move some of it to homework work at home uh, in order to do that and that's going to be very interesting to see how creative the children are at home see whether or not they're going to do their work 
Um, so it'll be an interesting exercise to see what happens. But that's the concerns you have. So creating websites and all that take time. All of this takes time. The good thing is that there are some resources that do exist out there that you can implement straight away. For example, like I said, the Harry Potter project you could implement to your class. But the problem with that is that you would then need to run the project, um, organise some of the materials, which are a bit tactile, and then the online interface. So if you don't have any online access, it's great. But if you do have online access, the kids might get bored with it. You know, they might not be able to last that many weeks, etc., etc. So you've still got to go through and sort out what's going to be best for you. But in all honesty, it's got to do with the creative delivery of the content. How engaging is your content for that middle child, the child that likes music kind of, you know, wants to have a go at things, but maybe isn't going to go off and be in your ensembles. Um, they're the ones that you need to be focusing on. You need to think about what they're like. Oh, the other thing you can do is think about what's called what we call in business your ideal avatar. So what's your ideal middle child? You know, that child in year eight music that will pick the subject because you've managed to engage them. What do they like to do? You know, what are the things they like to do? Like I know that the year eights that we deal with like to play. They like to play in groups. They like to be collaborative. They like to create new things. They like to use technology. You know, they like the fact they have a website to go to. They feel special that they have a Google Classroom. They, uh, you know, they like the t content that we do. You know, we do gaming and we do Launchpad. We do contemporary content. They like that. You know, we're not about to go and do um, the classics with our year eight classes. It's just not going to happen because that's not going to engage them. We implement it, like we in put it through the program, through listening and various other things, but we're not going to focus specifically on it, you know. So they're the sorts of things that you need to look at. What does your ideal year eight child look like? The one that's going to pick the subject. Who isn't a muso? You know, what's that child look like? What do they like? What do they like to do? You know, survey your year eights. Find out what it is they like about your program. Find out what it is they don't like about your program. Find out how you could do it better. Because trust me, those kids will tell you. They'll tell you exactly how they want to hear it, how it's done better. You know, and sure, there's lots of limitations. We've all got lots of limitations. But think outside the box. Go to the kids. Talk to them. See what they say. So that's how you kind of access your middle child in your year eight classes to help with your growth. Now, people have said to me, oh, that's all good and well. Those ideas are great and fantastic and awesome. I've tried them and they failed. Well, that's when you've got to look at your personality. Did it suit your personality? Did it suit your strengths? You know, were you fully committed to the project? Did you engage it to the students? Because you've got to deliver it. Remember, it's creative content delivery. It's got to be delivered by somebody. Yes, true, they're going to be doing a lot of the work because you want student-centred learning, but you've got to deliver it. So you've got to do the show. That's what's got to happen, right? So... Have a think about you. Have a think about how you are in your classroom. Have a think about what that ideal avatar is in your own that you want to engage and you want to access and then build the program around that and trust me, everybody else will come along. They really will. Okay? So this week uh, there actually is nowhere to go. Business owners across the planet are saying, you are crazy because you're not sending anywhere, anywhere, anybody anywhere to go. 
um, but I'm not. I'm actually not going to send anybody anywhere except to this Facebook page. So I'm currently running live out of Clarissa Custom Music, and if you're in part of KCN TV, uh, that group, you can also access it there. On both the sites, I'm going to be putting links to all of the things I talked about today over the next three or four days. So you can have a look at some of these sites. You can have a look at um, uh, some of the options and see if any of these sorts of things strike a chord with you. Okay, that's what's happening this week. Next week uh, on KCM TV, we are going to finish up how to build the music department of your dreams. And we're actually going to have a look at the platforms themselves. So I'm going to show you the Google sites and I'm actually going to show you the programming uh, for that class I talk about, the year seven class that only have 14 lessons, potentially 10. Uh, and I'm going to show you how we've managed to get the most out of an hour lesson once a week with these kids and still manage to hit targets. So that's next week's live. So don't forget, check in at seven o'clock on Tuesday, uh, Australian Eastern Australian Daylight Saving Time at seven o'clock, Australian Eastern Standard Time at six o'clock. My name's Kerry Lacey and I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye for now. I do hope that you enjoyed episode three of KCM TV series one, how to build the music department of your dreams. I know it was a bit longer than usual, but lots of really valuable information there for you. Don't forget next week is our last episode of this series and I look forward to seeing you in the meantime. Look after yourself, stay safe and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music with Clarissa Custom Music's Kerry Lacey.